Avengers Infinity War, it was the culmination. It was the most ambitious crossover in movie history. And yeah, we're all tired of hearing that, but to be honest, Infinity War really was this unique beast for better or for worse. Uh, I had this feeling that people would go into the movie kind of already deciding how they would feel about it. Um, either you're super excited, you've been into these characters for 10 years after um, all of the like 18 movies of storytelling, and some people are just, you know, going in just for a movie, they don't really care, uh, and in some cases might even expect to be totally overwhelmed. Um, so by the time this episode goes up, you will have heard every point of discourse about the movie, the plot, uh, the character decisions and whatnot, and we're going to get there eventually too. Um, but first, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the experience of just watching the movie. Just how you felt about uh, the lead-up to it, how you felt sitting in the theater, um, your emotional reactions, things that you liked, things that you didn't like, uh, just your, your real-time gut reaction. So... Avengers Infinity War, it was written by uh, it was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen Lafeely. They wrote Captain America, The First Avenger, The Winter Soldier, Civil War. Um, and I believe they also wrote some of the Narnia movies, uh, directed by Anthony and Joe Rousseau, who directed Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, and had a large part in bringing Arrested Development and Community to, to the uh, television screen. So... This is another episode of AP Marvel. I'm Chris, as always. I'm here with Izzy. Hello. Hi there. And with Anthony. Hello. Hey, what's up? We're all feeling great, as it probably sounds uh, on Woo! the mic right now. Yeah. yeah, none of us are sick or hungover or sleepy or tired at all. Uh, yes, our special guest is Sam Reardon. Hello, Sam. Hey, yeah! <laughs> Tell us about it. Perfect. <laughs> Ah, I can feel the energy all the way from Seattle. Uh, Sam. Hell yeah. Uh, we, we have done stuff. We have, uh, taken some screenwriting classes together. We are, we liken ourselves yep. as, uh, storytellers. Uh, professional <laughs> storytellers, let's say. Um, and yeah, you have, we have podcasted before. Um, you, we did this great, yeah. um, little piece about your experience at a GDC last year with uh, Francisco Rojo. Uh, do you want to tell us about what you're doing right now, uh, what you've been working on, and your uh, your history with the MCU, <laughs> I guess? Uh, okay. Tell us everything. Um, I, uh, believe it or not, I was not expecting this. Um, I will <laughs> do my best to sort of sum my life up yes uh okay so i work in the game industry right now uh i am one of the content specialists at a startup that produces um kind of uh mobilized they're they're mobile adaptations of pen and paper rpg games um and uh so what i do is i actually sort of break down like what the IP is, what are the core components, what what do we need to keep, what do we need to um, change to make fit in this new medium. I then uh, also come up with uh, the stories that we're going to write, and then I write those stories. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much whatever else that needs to be done, because it's like an eight-person company, and uh, mm. life is hard. You can also, the guest star of this episode is my lovely cat, who may <laughs> or may not be um, appearing in the background of the recording. 
Uh, that's not me screaming. It's not a sub vocal cry for help. That is just my cat. What's your cat's name? Uh, uh, Cherry Bomb. Oh, that's a great. She's name. great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the song was stuck in my head, and um, <laughs> actually this ties in really well because it is in the first oh. Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yes, yes um, it was. And that may be why it was stuck in my head because I had mm. been exposed to it recently or whatever. <laughs> Man, she's really screaming. Um, yeah. So my my experience with the MCU. I loved the first Iron Man movie. I was mm-hmm. I was sort of in on the not the ground floor, but I was I was in from go. I have I watched all of them until we started getting into the second Thor movie and other movies started coming out. There are movies I haven't seen in the MCU that I just it's it's just like IP exhaustion just um hmm. there's just so much coming out that honestly I haven't been able to keep up. With the time I have, the energy I have, etc. Uh, and uh, yeah, basically, uh, I love certain properties. I, I'm very attached to the Guardians right now. Um, my cat is really going at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, so so my experience with the MCU it sort of all started to become homogenous for me and exhausting. Mm. And there, then, you know, Ragnarok started happening and Guardians started happening and um, Spider-Man, which I still haven't seen, but that one I do plan to watch. Um, they have sort of uh, changed things up, as it were. I'm going to take a brief pause here while I let my cat out of the room because she's scratching at the carpet. Excellent. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, I guess we can kind of start a uh, let's let's call this like a roundtable. Let's kind of tw- uh, take turns here, do this in a civilized fashion, uh, because I'm curious, Anthony. Yeah, so. we have been through this journey for quite some time together, you and me, this MCU journey. Oh, and it has uh, been a wonderful you have ride. Been, yeah, you have been by far the most enthusiastic and especially loudest um, <laughs> uh, if, MCU fan. Uh, if this is the first episode you're watching, um, I am very loud <laughs> and I am very enthusiastic as a human being. Um, it may not sound like it, but I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I kind of want to ask you, um, you were sitting next to me in the theater. Mm-hmm. You were. I think you literally like. Gra- I don't know if you grabbed my shoulder, but you were like, "Chris, we've been waiting for this our whole. We've been waiting for this for ten years or something along those lines." Yeah, a lot of accurate? it was a meme, but yes, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you kept quoting uh, Steve Rogers and the Winter Soldier. Uh, price the entire day. High. Yeah, it's the price I'm willing to pay. Yeah. Um. So. Take me through your emotions, let's say, um, as far back as, I don't know, the first trailer. Like, um, give us, like, a... Paint us a picture of... uh, Give give us the story of your hype. My hype? (laughs) Okay, so... Going um, all the way to as the credits are rolling. So, I knew that the the trailer was going to be coming out sometime in December. So, Mm -hmm. I set my notifications on for uh, Marvel (laughs) Entertainment. Yeah. So that every video that would come out, I would get a notification about it. Yeah. I woke up the morning of the reve- yeah. reveal of the first trailer. Yeah. I watched it five times that day. <laughs> okay. And then I set a reminder in my phone 
to watch the Infinity War trailer every single day until April 27th. Wow. Well, at that time, May 4th. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Are you, are, you, are you being, like, 100% genuine? Because I think you are, but I want to make sure. I am. I actually made I that reminder. It. I never, I I never actually watched it every day, but I did set that reminder. Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, I did watch the trailer a lot just because I was so hyped for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the second trailer came out in March, uh, and I really liked. The, I actually liked the like parts of the first one a lot because of like the culmination type of thing from the beginning of it. Yeah, and then yeah. the um, but like there were some action sequences that I saw in the second one. I enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. And then I watched a lot of the TV spots, all of the um, all of like the the all release, the, the, all the released clips, um, yeah. which barely scratched the surface of what the film actually ended up being. Um, and then the week of, um, uh, up to the up to the premiere, I watched all of the a lot of the press uh, interviews. I watched yeah. the, the purple carpet as they called it, and then yes. I uh, yes. and then I removed myself, which is <laughs> I've only done this a couple of times in my entire life. I removed myself entirely from Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I have deactivated my Facebook account a few times just because I needed to do work but I've always found my way to slink it back in. Mm. But I was just like, you know what? I need to remove myself from this because so I'm you, afraid of spoilers. So you um, finally disciplined yourself disciplined in this myself. context. I deleted okay. my Facebook and Twitter app from my phone. I wow, did not go okay. on my computer. Um, the One of the big reasons is because uh, with Force Awakens, I had uh, Han ah. Solo dying as, uh, spoiled for me uh, yeah. because I had to go and check something on Facebook. Um, and I was very upset. Um, mm. so, uh, I learned from the past and deleted that. And then up to Thursday when we went and saw it, I had a countdown on my phone for the, pa- I think for a month since the second trailer came out, I set a countdown on my phone. Um, and then every single week I would talk to our group chat and our Facebook group that has all of our friends talk about the MCU. Uh, and I would say like 700,000 seconds until Infinity War, 100,000 seconds until Infinity War, 1,000 seconds until Infinity War. And then uh, and then we got into the theater. I was really pumped. I had my giant Coca-Cola right next to me, uh, and the movie began. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean we're going to dive into it, but... Uh, there were moments where I screamed, like awesome scream, like "woo, this is awesome!" And then yes. there was yes, you did. one moment where I started to cry a little bit, but that's because mm-hmm. it was just it was really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the movie ended, and I was just like, "Wow, you just lost billions of dollars! You killed yeah. billions of dollars, Marvel! You crazy, you crazy cats!" Well. But, we might get into that. Well, I mean, we're I mean, we're gonna get into it, but I I mainly said that more as like a hyperbole because I knew that they're gonna be bringing all of them back. Um, yeah. Multiple multiple people stood up and yelled at the screen that that very phrase. They you monsters! Um, yeah, I I actually, yeah I started yelling. You blew it up! Damn you all to hell! Is damn you all to hell! You blew it up! Uh, um, there was one of our yeah. so we went with thirty people to this this event. Mm-hmm. It was. It was a pretty big deal, but one of them, I actually like during the during the the snapping, as I call it. Um, one of our friends so, was so upset gosh. he like, <laughs> slammed his foot on the ground, 
and like we heard it and it was just like wow this is this is pretty emotional uh mm. and um yeah and then when it ended it was kind of like an emotional not an emotional but like it was such a big like a lot of things happened in it that for like as we were saying for better or for worse you just kind of like a few days after it and i mean like the hours after it and even a few days after it <coughs> there were feelings of like what what just happened i'm like still feeling it <coughs> sorry is that your way of saying I... it met your expectations like what were your expectations like um, this is going to be the greatest movie of all time like actually like... there were there were some things that i was hoping for that never uh-huh. happened um, okay and i'm actually upset about it um i i was really upset about the lack of musical motifs Mm um i'm really i was really upset about um there was only one big like action moment oh also my roommate is here and i don't want to spoil all the movie for him so i want to make sure that god covers his ears for the entirety (laughs) (laughs) so russell put headphones in uh Russell, get uh, out. <laughs> so yeah, musical motifs. Um, there was one action sequence, uh, as we all know, with Thor, which was really awesome and really freaking cool. But I don't like. I thought like I was expecting. Wait, sorry, say that again. The the moment with Thor. You can say what it is. Which, like yeah, the the God of War okay. axe scene <laughs> with Thor. <laughs> um, when he when the Bifrost mm, came in, I uh. thought that was a really cool moment. Bring um, me Thanos. But I, I've been I've, quoting that all week. Yeah, but I think that I think I don't I didn't see like a Avengers three sixty moment. Mm. And I would have liked to have seen that. Mm. Um I would have liked to have seen the end scene from the second from the first trailer. When they were all running together. That was like all a facade. Yeah. Um, it was all a lie. I would have liked to have seen something yep. like that. I would been have been bamboozled. Yeah, I thought like the the Titan Squad was gonna meet up with the Earth Squad, and they didn't, and that's where I was a little upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen the movie three times now, so um, I saw it on Thursday, <laughs> yeah. I saw it on Sunday, yeah. and then I saw it on the so I saw it the Thursday it came out, I saw it on the Sunday after it came out, and then I saw it the uh, the Thursday after. It came out. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I like it a lot. It's ranked in my top five. Um, because of of com- movies ever or or Marvel oh movies? no not in movies ever in uh, MCU in MCU movies. Yeah. Um, okay yes yeah. so it's in my t- that makes more sense it's in my top five my top five for movies all time is it I think it's like Cloud Atlas five times top, maybe top twenty five I mean, it's, it's Shrek five times oh we went <laughs> very different <laughs> <laughs> no uh, my number one is Cloud Atlas and that will be yes. that for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. um, it's actually it's actually just the six different plot lines of Cloud Atlas that all count as one <laughs> entry um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually we're gonna the so like Cloud Atlas isn't like important to the conversation because I'm gonna be bringing up that movie um, yeah. when discussing the the dissection of this movie so yeah that yeah. that was my that's my breakdown. Um, Izzy, take it away. Hello, yeah, I Hello. can go a little bit more into the event since, like, I, <coughs> like, I planned it. Pretty, pretty much. You were like, the I, architect of this uh, thirty-person, the most ambitious uh, crossover event in history. Yes, it was, yes, it was, uh, <laughs> this field trip. It was trip, four, yes. years, it was four years of yeah. students in our uh, Marvel Film Studies class. Um, all of the teachers that have taught the class and a bunch of our friends. Yeah, it ended up being like, like I was pretty much planned this for like 
a couple months, like, when the first, like, I was, like, thinking of dates, like, when to buy tickets, like, when the first tickets first came out, I was so stressed that week when tickets came out, because yeah. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna sell out of seats. Um, I just like to add, first of all, that, like, I, this might contribute to the conversation, like, we kept, like, Aaron and I, my co-teacher, kept checking back, like, on Infinity War to see, like, oh, how, like, the times we wanted sold out already, and... I'd say five to six times sold out Thursday night, which I've mm. never, like, I'd rarely seen, just yeah. to show you, like, how many people were excited for this movie. Yeah. And so, for the, yeah, for the pre-event, like, we went to Purgatory beforehand, um, and then we went to line up and watch a movie. Like, we lined up at around, like, 8. They let us in around, like, 8.30, and it was just a great experience of just, like, hanging out with, like, all my friends, like, from different areas of, like, college, um, it's like hanging out, like bonding about Marvel. Like I got to send all the co-teachers like sat in the back and you we were all like looking down at these people and these friends. And I'd say maybe like it was a 70-30 ratio took the Stuco at some point in their lives. Mm. But um, it was really like incredible to see. And it was a great, it was a great, and we also ended up seeing a bunch, I also saw a bunch of people like from CMU. And just like that theater experience of just like, really letting yourself like it's almost like letting yourself go like when thor came on screen i was just like yes like let's go like when you see captain marvel's logo at the end i'm like let's go even though i was hurting inside <laughs> right after, like everything um in terms of the movie itself so i tried i was trying to avoid as much as possible like i think i really only saw like the two big trailers and then mm-hmm. i pretty much like didn't really want to hear anything else like i heard like bits and pieces of things like i heard like i heard like bits and pieces of, like fragments of things like heard like jerry's costume like thor like, thor's new weapon like i saw like i saw like on an mcu exchange article spoiler might be coming back for infinity war i didn't read that article like mm. i tried to i tried to not know as much as i could because this was i knew this was a movie i wanted to like could be completely blown away by like I want to be taken by surprise and I feel like I expected there to be like some like I you know like have a more balanced good bad ending like in terms of like the hero's fate but it was just like them being destroyed mm. and mm. I was like like when the like when um then the movie was happening I was like what's going on and then just like devolve from that and then like for spider-man i'm just like crying like what the fuck is going on you had you you were on my so anthony was on my right uh is you're on my left you had a very uh a very visceral reaction to that like just just the uh especially when because like i I can tell like the moment where you where you and everyone else figured out what was happening um, like just when you hear Tom Holland's voice off screen, like saying "Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good," um, and you're like, "Oh fucking, don't you fucking dare!" Yeah, <laughs> like, and you, you you like broke out the tissues from your bag, like you're like prepared, like a <laughs> great glass in case of emergency, like <laughs> you were ready. No. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. No, um, our other co-teacher Thomas. Um, so Thomas um, bought me some things, and he also bought tissues because he knew like I was gonna cry. Because the last time we saw Guardians Two, I literally was like a fucking mess, and like he was with like he was like with his girlfriend at the time on his left, and then he had like me at the right, like literally sobbing. And then like we joked about it, like later, like Thomas was like, yeah, I didn't realize like I had to end up like babysitting you. I'm like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> 
Um, but like, yeah. I think overall, like, just also like, I think overall, like, well, first of all, in terms of the event, I knew I wanted to have this event for like a really, really long time. Like, mm-hmm. almost as soon as like I, almost like pre- pretty soon after I started teaching the studio, like I knew like this was an event I wanted to have, and like I wanted it to be like big and great, and just like have this great bond, and I w- hope that like our like sort of camaraderie, like anticipation, like excitement would like reflect on the screen of like just like oh like excitement, like happiness, and like there's like a state of peril, but like. With like some, like we knew, like I think we all knew, like there's something bad was about to happen. We like we didn't expect yeah. it to be like that emotional. We didn't expect it to be like at that level, like that emotional. Yeah, yeah. So like, like the way they marketed, like with, you know, they keep putting the Avengers theme and they have all these heroic shots and like, oh, is this gonna be like a triumph for these characters? Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, wanted that. That's yeah, like, that was purposefully done so that people. Yeah, it, that. it's like the same thing that Sherlock did, where like. I, I hate to liken it to Sherlock. But <laughs> kind of like, you, you build up, you know, people's expectations, and then you le- you leave them with something that is so traumatic and catastrophic that they can't help but talk about it forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your movie stays on everyone's minds, and everyone watches it multiple times, and everyone talks about it, and they go see the next one, and they go see the stuff in between. So it's actually it's it's a pretty clever marketing thing they yeah. did, and I mean obviously they weren't gonna be like yeah everyone dies that's what we're making come see our movie where so all like, your faves yeah. die. So Sam, you brought up a an interesting point because it was such an impactful thing at the end. I mean we're gonna we're, I'm diverging a little bit. But, well, well, in the sense that we're talking about it, and we're gonna need to talk about it for a whole year till the next movie comes out. So like I think that's. That's interesting. Honestly, I I personally won't have to. Oh well, I, yeah. I I haven't talked about my thing, but I'm I'm very much the odd one out. Yeah, here. no, no, Hopefully. no, no. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I uh, yeah, I I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't super impacted by the end of that movie because uh, it. I mean, uh, I just wanted to just to add an additional thing before uh, I wanted to get your perspective. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so um, what was it? Uh, when I saw it on Sunday, every single theater was also sold out that we had to go find. So we had to find like six other theaters which shows that people were still seeing this movie. And then the Wednesday before, um, Izzy wasn't there, but a lot of our classmates were there. But I made, uh, there was a trivia thing in our town, and I made the final questions all MCU-related. And a lot of people from uh, uh, Carnegie Mellon went there and uh, enjoyed that. Sorry, I know. It was People awesome. in the uh, the Stuco, a.k.a. the student-taught class were there? Yes. Is that right? Yes, people from okay. the student-taught class and people from our uh, our university for there college yeah, yeah. sure and, uh, yeah and it was like a big thing i was very happy that i was able that i was allowed to do it um mm-hmm. yeah so sorry sam go into the oh the hate. uh no that well i wanted i kind of wanted uh, sam to kind of rewind and be like uh, how, how were you feeling be, like before you stepped into the theater like Gotcha. Whether it's like okay. the week, be- the uh. month before, the week before, the s- the minute before, um, so t- gotcha. take us on a journey. Uh, okay. Is what I'm saying. Let's uh, let's uh, take that rewinded back. Yeah, buckle um, up. I so okay. So as I mentioned in my sort of intro spiel, mm-hmm. I've been sort of tired, like not not well. Okay, tired is the right word of like the torrent of superhero stuff. Like it's impossible for me to just care about all of them, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I've just tried to, like, budget myself. So 
Infinity War trailer came out, I honestly didn't watch it for like a month. Not because I was like, I gotta save it, but because I was like, it's just, I don't I don't feel like it's the right time to get hype about this movie. I'm just sure. not feeling it right now. Um, and I don't remember when I did watch it. It might have been like last week, it might have been last month, um, but I have seen it. I've seen both trailers. Um, and after seeing the movie, I did go back and watch a bunch of like promotional stuff and all this stuff, just like trying to actually get into it after the fact which is mm-hmm. weird but um th- so the i actually saw it friday the the day after it came out uh at 4 p.m i left work to go see this movie and i had bought tickets that morning because um honestly i wasn't even really thinking about it and i i wasn't even aware that it was coming out that day like i was so disconnected <laughs> from the hype um, but then I came into work that Friday morning and my coworkers who were all a bunch of geeky dudes, obviously we work at a gaming company, um, were just like, yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. It's like, it's had such a huge release and it's all sold out and it's like going to be great. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm getting, you know, I, I can get excited about this. I I'm excited to see my faves, you know, this is going to affect future movies. I should probably give it a go. And mm-hmm. I did. And I honestly went in without much expectation of anything. Like I, like I said, I'd seen the trailers, but I'm a little bit of a cynical viewer in that I know that like trailers are never quite what the movie is, and so I try not to invest too much in them and all this stuff. Um, but I, I went in like, cool, let's see a superhero smash em up. Uh, let's 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 have a fun time with these rowdy boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to see it alone um, in a theater uh, that was it was just standard viewing, so it wasn't 3D or anything. Um, and, uh, I started the movie kind of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. Cause I, I don't want to sound too down on this movie to begin with. Uh, I, I went into it fine, fine with it. Ready, ready for something to happen. Sure. As soon as the opening started with them sort of obliterating Thor Ragnarok yep. and everything that happened, I was like, ooh, uh-oh, uh-oh, spaghetti-o. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sort of tied into, I guess, the subconscious fear I'd had about this movie, which is that it is super hard. I mean, it is a very ambitious crossover event, not even, like, mashing up all these personalities together. That's the fun part. The difficult part is making it consumable and make it tie into everything satisfyingly. And, like, they started writing this and filming it during the writing and filming of Thor Ragnarok, and it it kind of shows that this, like, that movie wasn't really taken into consideration, and there are other reasons why it wasn't, which I can get into. Um, but, yeah, as, as soon as the balls started rolling and everything started coming together, I was like, well, this is... Yeah, I mean... I started getting more and more, like, fed up with the movie as it went on, mm. and I didn't want to. Like, every time a new moment would happen or characters would start talking to each other, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 this is what I wanted. Yeah. And then the more the plot progressed and the more Thanos just kept going and kept getting more screen time and kept getting what he wanted and kept being the essentially the protagonist of this movie, I was just very turned off by it. And by the end, I mean... I knew the snap was going to happen as soon as, like, Peter punched him in the face, basically. 
right. as soon as as soon as Thor touched down and started fighting everyone, and, and as soon as he hit Thanos, I was like, well, this isn't going to take. Like, there's no the the whole movie has built up to this catastrophic event, and I'm just not feeling it, and that sucks. Uh, so I'm not I'm not really gonna be thinking about the end of this movie for the next year. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about the middle of this movie for the next year and trying to unpack why I feel about it the way I do. And I can start talking about that now, obviously, but I don't know. I feel like I'm going to watch this movie again after it comes out of theaters just to try to get a better handle on it because I, I had such a, like a, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, so I called you immediately after Chris. You did. <laughs> Anthony was oh, in the room. You. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anthony was, Anthony was there. Anthony was adjacent for this. But I, I called you just to scream <laughs> through the phone at you. You oh, screamed. Oh, it, was, it was screaming. Yeah. I, I put you on speaker. I reached and I was... <laughs> genuine. Yeah. Yeah. That was a mistake. I, I mean, I, I genuinely blew out my voice on the drive home, <laughs> just screaming for 20 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then I got home and my roommates were around and I was like, I can't talk right now. Like, ah, ah. Um, but yeah, I, so my strong reaction isn't because of the end. I, I, I am not super invested in the deaths that happened in the end because I know that they died so that they could come back. So it doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, is sort of my take on that. And also like we know that their movies are coming out so they were safe to begin with. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, that is that is how I saw this movie um so i'm wondering um kind of kind of seeing from all these different perspectives do you feel that the environments that we were in uh kind of the situation that we were in kind of informed how we felt watching the movie like uh from you know being in a group of 30 people who are you we literally had like you know two i was photos. one of two people i was one of two people who had an infinity gauntlet toy and there was a, there was a <laughs> yeah, dude who was photos. yeah there was a dude like he was he was the Hulk he painted his body green, mm-hmm. um like in that we were in that Which environment is especially and, funny yeah. because he wasn't even in this movie. he was in the movie for <laughs> I think so twenty true. seconds oh yeah. my gosh yeah Less, no a minute uh, I think a minute yeah. Um, no, he, he he got hit really bad, and then he was like, "Oh, oh beans," and he just didn't want to show. Oh, up. beans! <laughs> yeah, so he was he was a sad boy. Yeah, so yeah, we were kind yeah, of in which the doesn't group really make that, sense uh, with oh. this character, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um. Well, so like I mean, like Anthony and Izzy and I were kind of in the group that was um, part of the momentum, I guess, that was building up. Mm-hmm. Like I think they had yeah. a really great run of films from. Guardians 2, like, you know, Guardians 2, Spider-Man, Ragnarok, Black Panther, um, very good run. So, like, they kind of kept the momentum going. You can tell from, like, the marketing uh, had Wakanda and Black Panther so much, even though it was really just, like, parts of the third act. Uh, but just mm-hmm. really trying to exploit the, uh, the cultural phenomenon that that had. Um, and, Sam, it sounds like you were not really a part of that movement. Like, you were kind of going off and on, depending on, like where you were, were at your life or you know like it's just, it's interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned thor 2 as like a point where you were kind of turned off because i think thor 2 is literally the most like manufactured one out of all of those movies like yeah, it, exactly. it is it is the yeah. plainest it feels the most like a television episode out of all of them yep um so i think it, um w- once you start getting to like you know even like starting with doctor strange like it you the uh you know the color palette gets a little more colorful 
Um, it's it's going a little more out there, I think, and it's um like who would have thought that Thor Ragnarok um like years ago like the third Thor movie would be like one of the bigger hits. Um, so it sounds like you know these are like two different categories, and I'm curious if we wanted to uh you know come up with some mental models, see if we can kind of categorize the different types of people who are going in to watch this movie. Oh, Chris, um, yeah. I came prepared. Oh, you wrote uh, notes. This is oh. part of my pages of notes. Yes. Oh, shit. Uh, so different different types. Of, <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys don't mind, I'll take like a couple seconds please, to sort please. of break down what I think. Uh, okay, so first off, we have the hardcore sort of like either they were raised with like the comics or they mm-hmm. got deep into the paint when the movie started coming out. Yeah. Basically, you guys who've taken like a class <laughs> on it who are like Created super a class. into it. class, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally. Yeah. And so... Uh, next, next tier down, slightly less obsessed fans, more, a little more casual. They mostly know the MCU. They may know TV. They might know comics, Mm -hmm. but in sort of a casual sort of like, it, it's not, you know, they haven't taught a class on it basically. (laughs) Um, then, then we get to the exhausted fans, the the sort of, uh, me, um, who've seen maybe a lot of superhero movies, but are sort of exhausted by the constant stream of them who Mm -hmm. can't get into all of them. Um, who maybe saw this movie because, oh, well, my faves are going to be in it and it's going to affect their future movies and yeah. I'm excited. You know, maybe I'll get excited about it. Uh, then we have the family of the fans who maybe aren't fans themselves but are willing to get into it and go see it for their family and, and or their friends. Yeah. Uh, then we have randos who are just like, hey, why not? Seems like a big deal. Uh, and then last but not least, the kids who are just... I mean, they're fans. They can they can range anywhere on the spectrum, but they're mm-hmm. much easier to please, I think. Yeah. Because they're they're coming at this from a less holistic perspective and a less. I, I don't know. I, th- I think they're just sort of easier to please. They sure. Have, they have simpler, younger, more easily appeasable minds. Not that kids can't dislike <laughs> things, but stupid I, kids. I don't think um... any of them. <laughs> These stupid idiots, small humans. <laughs> they can't even break this down in a three-act structure. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> no one can. <laughs> yeah, this movie especially. Uh, Five-act structure. Do you think there, do you think there are uh, there, Do you think there are any hate watchers who are like, oh, I'm so tired of these superhero movies. Everyone's going to get fatigued. And like, they're, oh, like they're the superhero gonna... movies are ruining the industry. I'm going to watch this anyway so I can hate on it endlessly. Here's I think they fall into... Sad. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, I've, I've talked a bunch. Why don't you go? And I'll talk on oh. <laughs> Okay. I think they, they fall into the randos, just, like, mm. people who walked in, like, oh, like, if they're shitting on it, like, oh, like, oh, my God, like, I can't, like, superheroes, killing the in- superheroes are killing the industry. Like, let's see how bad they kill the industry. Like, they sort of, like, are watching, they're still watching because they're curious. Like, they have mm-hmm. a purpose to hate watch it, but, like, they're really just, like, stumbling in, like, mm-hmm. without really, like, without really, like, getting, like, sort of larger motivation um right there's yeah. there's also those like, people that like made reviews who were just like i couldn't understand anything that went on in this movie and it's like did you watch avengers 1 and avengers 2 no no they're all stupid <laughs> this movie was dumb like this, and i'm like yeah. why didn't you watch the other two like maybe maybe it would have helped no i think there's also uh, a third category yeah. and this is the one that I was sort of thinking of, of I think a lot of hate watchers are just like exhausted fans who aren't being honest with themselves and don't want to be vulnerable with, with the movie because they're used to being burned. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Like, I could have easily been like, yeah, I'm not really expecting anything. I'm just going to go see what a dumpster fire this is. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I like to think I know myself a little bit better than that. And I think those people probably fall under that category, too, of just people who want to be excited about things but don't want to let themselves because they've uh, been burned before, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of uh, people, I guess, in the in the more casual side, um, who were they already found Civil War exhausting. Um, like by by the time you get to the airport fight, like some of us were geeking out, but some of them were like, "Oh dear God, there's too many people in this scene. Like, um, this is kind of too much." And um, I'm wondering um, because I remember in the lead up to like the first Avengers, people were like wondering how is this movie even possibly going to work? Like you can't make that into just one movie. Um, so was there any chance that um, Marvel studios, this like multi-billion dollar operation who was like, you know, they have not put out a single film that has, um, I guess been classified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, they haven't had any box office bombs. They haven't had a straight up stinker, but is it possible for, is it even possible for this type of movie to 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 appeal to everyone? I guess like is this you know should they should they were they did they have all of those different categories in mind or were they just trying to aim for just one of those groups? Uh, because this, as we're recording this, this has been like the fastest movie to make a billion dollars. Um, so surely they must have done something right. Like I think. I think at its core, it's marketed towards those hardcore fans. I think uh -huh. they pulled in a lot of people who were, like, yeah, like, just curious. Like, those, like, like the other categories that Sam had mentioned, like, they pulled, I think they pulled from all of those. But it's the right. hardcore fans, like us, who are going to keep coming back. And maybe some of the more, like, casual fans who might want to come back. But, like, I think they marketed it towards us, like, the hardcore fans. Like, I yeah. know. I wrote this in my – I wrote a review for my school's newspaper about um, Infinity War and I also talked about like the whole event thing. It's about the fan perspective. But I was saying you need to do your homework. Like this guy I was talking to last night, um, I was like saying, hey, we're watching Infinity War. Like do you want to watch with us? And he was saying like, oh, I've been, I'm like so behind. And he was saying like I haven't watched like Black Panther, Spider-Man, Thor, Ragnarok. And I'm like, okay, look, Black Panther, <laughs> Spider-Man is fine. But you need to watch Thor Ragnarok. Like you have – to do your homework like we made one of our we made one of our friends um her name's alexandra she yep. so before so the week of infinity war she hand watched civil war or thor ragnarok which are arguably the two most important films you need to see before watching this movie so i watched civil war with her on like the tuesday night of that week after mm -hmm. my class and we didn't have time to watch Thor Ragnarok together, so we made her watch it on Chris's phone. I gave her my phone. She had my phone While for we about were two in line hours. For the movie. <laughs> yeah, we got. She got through like I don't know if she finished it, but like she got through like I know she got. I know she had to skip ahead to like the last twenty minutes. She, but like yeah, she was able to finish. We the last made 20 her minutes. watch it. Yeah, yeah, like we made her watch it. Like <laughs> we were like, you have to watch this movie before going into this. Like it's essential. Like I think. I think the Russos have said this too. Like you, the Russos have said this too. Like they assume by like civil. I think they, yeah. Mar Marcus McFeely said that they said yeah. You can't do a previously on the MCU. Like they they are leaving anyone who is not in the know at, at Civil War. They are leaving them behind at this point. Bye, bitches. That's yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Exact um, quote. 
Um, but I think, I think especially in Phase Three, they've garnered a fan base that's sort of like Marvel can do no wrong. Like, look at their track record. Like, mm-hmm. they sort mm-hmm. of garnered that fan base, so I think they're relying on that to push them further, like in box office, like for for push them further in the box office. Like, I think, I think they knew they were marketing it towards like. Like, you see it in all the marketing. They're marketing it towards, like, the hardcore fans. Like, it's the last... It's been what you've been leading up to for, like, the past 10 years. Like, it's targeting those people who have stayed with the MCU for years. Yeah. And if, I think... If the Avengers yeah. theme is not sucking your head after all those commercials, like, you know, did they even do it right then? Exactly. Um, yeah. I forget where else I'm going to go with that. Oh, is someone going to say something? Were you going to say something, uh, Sam? I will uh, I will say something, if only to disagree about the idea that Thor Ragnarok is super important to see this movie. Um, I think that one of the things they seem to be very cognizant of was the fact that Thor might not work and Black Panther might not work, and so the the roles that those two movies actually play in the story are almost completely negligible. Like, none of the characters introduced in Thor Ragnarok made it into this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, They completely vanished. We didn't even see their faces in the opening scene. Um, Black Panther, we we were in Wakanda. Uh, Shuri got to say a couple lines. Uh, T'Challa got to say a couple lines. Mboko was in the background a bit. Um, the queen wasn't there. Nakia wasn't there. Um, That's right. I mean, uh. Okoye was the only, like, was like I, the more just, important one. Yeah, well, she was also in, uh, oh, no, she wasn't. That was a different, uh, yeah. Dora Majale. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so th- they kept the most recognizable, arguably the most important and difficult to write out aspects of those movies, but they, almost completely negated everything that happened in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, he got his eye back. He got a new weapon. Like, Korg was gone. Loki was killed immediately, so the brother bond didn't even become a thing at all. Mm -hmm. Um, The allies thing was only explored for a a literal minute of screen time before he died. (laughs) Um, uh, Valkyrie was nowhere to be seen, which I was mm, pretty bummed about. Yeah, Um, right. I think... Obviously... With story purposes, I think that I mean, like adding them would have been nice, but I don't. I think like that was they're part of the half that survived. Like they were on like a, an escape yeah. vessel or something. They didn't make that clear enough. Is is my criticism? Yeah, of that that, that, uh, that I will. That agree. Wait, if we wait, saw wait, if we what? saw escape pods flying uh, out of that Thor, shit, that would have Thor said part. that they killed half my people. So Korg and Valkyrie are with the other half. Uh, Joe Rousseau did verbally confirm that Valkyrie's alive, and he said, uh, and he was tight-lipped on Korg. I presume he'll be a surprise. Um, so mm, this this is one of the big issues I have with with this movie is that sure. it's impo- it's like unless you're aware of everything, it's yeah, so, you can't you can't assume everyone's going to read these interviews. <laughs> and like I like I I didn't even notice Thor saying that half his people survived. Like I completely missed that. I assumed everyone was dead. Yeah, it was it was one line. We weren't, yeah. we weren't shown anything otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. I mean, escape pods. So something. obviously, yeah. Obviously, it's impossible to 
in this time frame that you have introduced all these characters as if for the first time to a new audience like i I think like you guys have been saying obviously it's for hardcore fans uh like like izzy you said you you put it really well and it is um but the issue is that that issue of that that sort of issue it has with establishing things fully I sort of felt trickled down a little bit into other stuff like like how some people survived or like I don't know I'm sure it'll come up again and I'll I'll point it out but um yeah so one of the things I wanted to say because you said like because you guys have been talking about how it's like for hardcore fans I someone went into this movie only having seen Civil War and I think one other I think Avengers (laughs) 1 and loved it and understood everything that happened to some extent Hmm. Mm mm-hmm to some extent, everything, but to some extent, like, like I don't like if the, the, like the, if you're dissecting this movie like we are, I don't think they're gonna be able. I don't think she would be able to like, like riff off every single thing that we're talking about. But she was mm-hmm. able to understand point A, point B, point C. Um, do you know? I mean, and this is kind of going away from where I wanted to take the discussion. But do you know, like? who they were tracking in the movie to kind of make sense of it all? Like, no, was I haven't, it Thanos? I haven't was talked it, to her. Okay. Or was it just like, okay, so I, I think it's it's good to kind of get into the um, whole discussion of capturing the essence of the previous films um, because, yeah, I, I, I thought I'm a little less critical of how it um, took off of Thor Ragnarok. I think I'm more like half and half with that. Um... So it's interesting kind of talking like um reading about how they collaborated with the previous filmmakers, you know, the the Russos and uh Marcus McFeely, the screenwriters, they uh I mean they're all all of these directors, they're all in the same office. They're all like feet away from each other. Um so and some people have been more involved than other ones. So when you look at uh Scott Derrickson who um directed Doctor Strange um, there was a fan who, like, complimented him on Infinity War. It was like, yeah, did you have anything to do with any of the cool stuff Dr. Strange did in that? And Derrickson was just like, no, that was 100% all the Russos. Um, then you get to James Gunn, who, uh... Oh, wait, uh, I just Guardians want to add to films. the... Sorry, yeah. uh, interject about the Dr. Strange one. There was a comment that I read, or a tweet, from the one of the, the writers, or one of, like, the sure. designers for Dr. Strange mm-hmm. did work with the Russos for, uh, okay. I think his name is Cargill? Oh, oh that, yeah, that douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? Did he yeah, say something? He, okay. He worked. That would with, be a different like, episode. I don't know what you're talking about. Was added and like what? What yeah. changed with him? He was the douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Like he was the talk. He was the guy that talked about like. Well, we'll talk about him when we talk about our Doctor Strange stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, you get to um. You get yeah, uh, James Gunn. Um, you know he was he was credited as an executive producer on this film. Um, he wrote some of the dialogue. I don't think he had much to do with the story beats, save for one. Um, but he wrote a lot of the dialogue for the Guardians. He chose three different songs for the Rousseaus to pick out, and they picked Robert Bandman. Um, I don't know the other two. And uh, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Tweet at James Gunn. Um, and so the uh, the moment where um, Gamora is asking, Gamora is being held by Thanos, and Gamora's like he wants Peter Quill to shoot her. Uh, originally, Marcus McFeely wrote that uh, he refused to, and James Gunn was like, and James Gunn and Chris Pratt on set were like, "No, I think he would actually go through it." So that was like kind of another collaborative thing that ended up in the final movie. Um, 
But then you get to Thor Ragnarok. So you have Chris Hemsworth, you know, he's coming off of Thor 2 and Age of Ultron, like, straight up exhausted of, of being Thor and, like, being this kind of static character. Um, so, you know, he and Taika Waititi, they basically reinvented Thor. So when he was going into Infinity War, his main concern to the Russos was like, hey, like, Taika and I, we did, like, all this awesome work. We don't want that to go away. Um, so, you know, I'm, like, I'm reading, like, how they they literally flew Taika Waititi and Eric Pearson, who was the screenwriter of Ragnarok, and they, they wanted to... And I'm reading the quote, um, to carry over the comedic and tragic elements of the retones Thor. Um, so I, I saw Thor kind of, you know, speaking similarly as he did in Ragnarok, like less Shakespeare and like the Kenneth Branagh way. Um, and um, I don't know. I felt like some of those elements carried through, but, you know, the whole. I forgave the whole I thing because I liked it in the context of the scene where, like, um, Thor is listing all of these tragic things that have happened to him, and Rocket's like, uh, I'm My sorry, dude. I can't really, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I can't help you out with those, but here is me trying to help you fix one of those problems, and like, I thought that was kind of nice, um, but the whole weapon quest, I felt, was very contradictory to the moral at the end of Ragnarok, like, are you yeah. the god of hammers? I mean, and not just not just Ragnarok, that's yeah. contrary to Thor's whole entire character arc over every film he's been in. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can spin it as, I feel like they could have, they, they justified or spun it as, like, they need a weapon to kill Thanos. Because they're, because no, nothing would be able to kill him, is the idea. And, like, I'm not saying that that's, yeah. like, necessarily good, but that was right. the, the way that they, they justified it. Um, yeah. yeah. So and we're like, just, we're just saying Thor- that. Yeah. Yeah. And you see Thor uses lightning a lot more, which is really cool to see, and like him being like a bad and not just like throwing his hammer around or like his axe in this case. Um, but I was also pretty like I also noticed that too. It's like, well, Thor learned to live without a weapon, and now you're bringing back a weapon into this, like, into the fold. So, like, you know, it just can. I think it just like confused me as well. I actually thought this is might be a, a different opinion. But I thought the tone of the... This is sort of off topic, but like, I thought the tone of the movie was kind of erratic in terms of, like, humor, seriousness, balance. Like, there were some moments where, like, I felt like... Like, there were some moments where I felt like it was, like, deeply funny and then deeply serious. Like, it was kind of erratic at times. I know this are we, kind, are I we know talking specifically Thor or just the movie in general? Just the movie in general. I know it's, like, okay. a little off topic, but, like, I thought it just... Just no, time in like totally complaints in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's it, yeah. interesting uh, bringing in the Russos for this because um, I was watching them like they, for Vanity Fair, they were breaking down the scene where Thor meets the Guardians. Um, and, you know, like they, they demonstrate, they know their stuff. They know the technical aspects of it. They know how to block a scene. They know, um, they, they understand comedic timing from their experience doing Arrested Development and Community. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's really weird because like our first impression from them was Winter Soldier, which had like, was, which was pretty humorless. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's dark. Yeah. Um, so when you're bringing in like different, um, elements, you're bringing the guardians and you're bringing like the Ragnarok four in there. 
Um, kind of a different beast. I I didn't feel tonal whiplash. I don't know how. Even looking back at like when I, because I keep quoting back and forth with friends like all the funny lines of this movie while also being like, yeah, that was pretty fucked up when he snapped Loki's neck in the first five minutes. That was like in like just talking about the violence, but also how funny it was. Um, and for some reason that I. First, I don't know why. I can't verbalize why, but those never came into conflict for me. But it sounds like for other people did. Yeah. Does that sound accurate? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I think it's because... Because I know two of the... I know, like, for both Guardians 2 and Thor Ragnarok, a lot of people... I've met people who actually did like it, those movies, like, because of the, like, overuse of humor. And just Mm because of that problem was starting to surface around and like when they tried to go like more comedy based yeah instead of like having a balance so maybe it was just that issue overflowing into the movie i just from mcu issues before but yeah i thought it was (coughs) and there were also there were some lines that like the audience was like clapping so much and like laughing that like we just completely like missed them which i was like kind of sad about but like i was also like you know what, like, it's a group, it's a group experience, like, it's fine, like, it's great, but I do, like, think, like, overall, like, it was a very much, like, up and down. Right. It was definitely, it was definitely an emotional experience in, like, all senses of the word. Right, Um, so they had the, they had the, sorry, I'm gonna just say this one more thing, Uh, they had the emotion part down, um, but I feel like we've come at a point where we're, like, blockbusters of this ilk are are it's like they're mathematically like scientifically engineered to have crowd pleasing moments at all the right times um so when you watch like when you watch justice league you know the justice league that came out in november um there were multiple points in the movie where like people laughed or clapped or something like that um but not a single soul that i know remembers anything about Justice League, even though it had all of those crowd-pleasing moments. Mm. Um, I remember it had Ezra Miller in it, that's about it. And Jason Momoa. I remember... Ezra Miller was awful in that movie. I am part of the crowd. I have no opinions. I uh, I thought they were all okay. I watched a couple scenes and I was very disappointed. I'm very upset because I I watched it twice. (laughs) You watched it twice? I feel feel like I shamed... Look, I wanted to get away from my family. And I was with my brother. I was just like, "Do you know what, Steph? Let's go see uh, 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 Justice League." Uh, uh. Anthony, the only person you've shamed is yeah. yourself. Okay, question though: Did your brother had your brother watched Justice League already? Like, was your no, was, no, like, no? This is the first time he was going to watch. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, "All right, come so like, on." That's like okay. Ish. Um. Uh, ish. Yeah. The one, so like going back to like the whiplash type of thing. The only time I actually had like, mo- like like, a feeling of tonal whiplash was when it cut after Thor slammed his axe down, and then it cut to Thanos coming out of the space thing, like, coming out of the portal on yeah, Titan. Right. I was just like, oh, man, and the moon cut. The moon cut was... It, it, it cu- yeah, it... Like, the, the, those two yeah, the, cuts it, yeah. kind of had, like, it was, like, really intense, and then all of a sudden died down really quickly. And I don't know how they could have done that, quote unquote, correctly because this yeah. is just such a hard movie to put together in yeah. the first place. Um, like, mm. like, like, I'm looking at like the five act structure. Like, it fits. It still fits, but it's not like what happens on Earth and what happens on Titan 
both like like you can argue for why they would like they why they would be next to each other but like seeing it happen was kind of like meh like i watched it three times and like i knew the cut was happening and it still felt like like just kind of like Side. I love that academic description. It was very meh. <laughs> very meh, yes. Uh, AP Marvel here, my, folks. Yeah, my dissertation on the menace of Infinity War. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's... Someone, feel free to raise ire with this, this if they disagree with me. I felt there was a lot more care into, into the continuity more so than the Joss Whedon films. Um, so, like, and, and they had some advantages in, in, with this film in particular. Like, they were filming at the same time as Black Panther. Um, so, like, the production sorry, designer... Sorry, so... Yeah. You, you mean continuity within all the other films in the... In terms of characterization. Y- you mean... Okay, you mean, like, external continuity, not internal. Yes. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, okay, in, ter- in terms of, like, how the characters are, um, how they act, mm-hmm. how they, yeah, and their personalities. Um, and even just visually... Um, because I feel, I feel like Avengers 1 looks very different from the previous movies. Um, but, um, you know, like I was saying, like the, uh, the production designers of both Black Panther and Infinity War, they like kind of consulted with each other. Like the Infinity War team was like, okay, we have a scene in Wakanda where this happens. Like, what would that look like? And so kind of keeping that continuity, I thought, um, it's, it's really an amazing thing kind of watching because like no other film series really does anything like that. Um... Because I felt that in the Joss Whedon movies, I felt that he had, he had a certain, I I feel like he straight up said like, oh, I don't like this thing from Iron Man 2, I don't like this thing from Thor, I don't like this thing from Captain America the First Avenger, like, and he basically brought these characters into his own unified vision, and it might have worked for like that standalone movie, but um, I remember thinking, Mm, man, Tony Stark is, Tony Stark is, a lot more annoying, and man, Captain America is really a wuss in this movie. He's really like, dear God, and Thor, Thor isn't doing anything in this movie. So, I don't know, I felt like maybe even if the results were not there for Infinity War, I'd, at least the effort was, and I think it showed? Agree, disagree? <laughs> I think like it definitely... Yeah, yeah. yeah, it it definitely did show. I think... The only issue I have with how it melded everything together is that, for me, a lot of the tonal di- dissonance was just, like, aesthetically. Like, it didn't feel sure. like one world I was watching. Yeah. It, it did feel like yeah. a bunch of different worlds. And part of that is, like, I mean, the Guardians especially are from, like, this super, super tailored James Gunn, like, like one man makes all world. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, there's a reason. The, the only like uh, audio motif I could hear, musical motif, character motif. I'm like sure. the only okay. the, the only the only audio I could pick out was when the Guardians came on, mm. uh, because like that's one thing we know. And I think if there was anything about the Avengers movies before this one that worked, it was that it did force all these characters to exist in a single aesthetic space Mm -hmm. i don't i don't necessarily agree with the space they were put in for those movies or the the amount of squashing into that space um 
that was done. But for this one, it, I mean, it was, it was tough. It, it was tough for me. Yeah, that first Avengers movie, when you look at it visually, um, they're in very bland environments and they kind of let the colors of their costumes kind of pop out. But it's it's this very mm-hmm. like television looking movie, and it always bothers me every time I rewatch it. Joss um, Whedon. Con- yeah, con- yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the TV guy to make this movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah, especially like when you look at Ragnarok and uh, Black Panther Guardians and two. Guardians oh, Two, very colorful, very cinematic looking movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I oh god, we've come. They've come such a long way. It's just watching that first Avengers movie is. A chore, honestly. Yeah. Does it not age yep. well? Um, no, it does I don't not. think so. Yeah, like the dialogue, it all—they all seem. It all seems very childish, especially like when you can you compare Tony and Steve fighting in Avengers One compared to Civil War. Like, granted, they, you know, their relationship has progressed by years, but like, man, it's just like what middle school play am I watching in Avengers One? Basically, ah. um, so. I I don't know I I don't know where I was going with this, but um, I'm kind of curious if we're talking about um, consistency and like um, finding something unified. If we didn't see if we didn't see the um, the aesthetics being unified in any way, um, was there any common theme that was threaded throughout the movie through all of these different vignettes, through all of these different plot lines that anyone could. Fine. Yeah, uh, so I saw something related to relationships. Um, there was always a... Very vague, keep going. No, there was always like a couple on screen. So you had Vision, okay. you had Vision and, uh, and uh, Wanda. Then you had uh, Thanos and Gamora. Um, then you had... Also Peter and Gamora. Then you had Peter, Peter, you had Peter and Gamora. You had uh, Spider-Man. You had Peter and... Um, Peter and Iron Man and Tony. Um, and then um, I would maybe Thor and Rocket to some capacity. But there was always... I would say so. There was always two people bouncing off of each other. Like, I don't think that was much of a theme, but more so just how how the specific, how the specific storytelling, t- how the specific filmmaking team just structures scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... They're, that's their, like, when you think of, like, Winter Soldier and Civil War, like, um, most of the key scenes were, like, between two, at the very most, three people. Uh, Um, The uh, the additional thing I was going to say to add on to that is sacrifice, and what does it mean? Yeah, I think, what is the limit of sacrifice on what those pairs were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was something that, yeah, Chris, Chris, yeah. So, like, with, you have your, you have your, your, your initial Guardian scene where Will, Will Peter sacrifice Gamora? And then you have Thanos sacrificing Gamora. Then you have Thor willing to sacrifice himself to get that axe. Then you have um, Vision willing to sacrifice himself. So uh, I uh, go ahead, Sam. Disagree about the okay. So this is I have more notes on this <laughs> um, because you you did propose this as a as a question. Sure. Thingy, Chris. So, sacrifice definitely, obviously. Um, you also mentioned trading lives in, in this question, mm-hmm. uh, which to me is another aspect of sacrifice. Um, it in that the sacrifice in this movie varied between self-sacrifice and 
um, uh, uh, families, pretty much. Um, so the the Peter Gamora thing for me fell into more of self-sacrifice because it was Gamora basically sacrificing herself and using Peter to do it rather than Peter sacrificing Gamora. Um, I, I just like the, the wording of that. Gotcha. Thing, I yeah, no, no, no. What you said is, is, more, tr- is more true. Because, yes. Yeah, because f- for me, the thing that kind of sets Thanos apart from literally everyone else is that um, the running theme of this movie is like, oh, we don't we don't trade lives, Cap, Vision says, and like, yeah. Cap, you know, Captain America says, and everyone says, and everyone's constantly like, you can't kill people. Um, but Thanos' like whole big dramatic moment he has is when he kills Gamora. And, I mean, I have a lot of issues with Thanos as a character and the way he's handled, mm-hmm. but the fact that his dramatic moment is a complete reversal of everyone else's like motif it, it could have been really interesting the the reason i have an issue with it is that it was still framed and addressed as if he had made a huge sacrifice when in fact it, it didn't really change him or make him rethink anything um like that that's what a real sacrifice is i think um and i sorry i'm getting like i'm tr- i'm trying to restrain myself and so it, it it's interesting that you you mentioned like any lack of change cuz i i thought there was going to be and um how much did you, so did you the, sacrifice so, so here, everything so yeah yeah so like oh, how much did it cost <laughs> he says sorry everything. how much did it cost and he, everything he looks he looks down and he has a very sad face, which, like, you know, yeah. it, it's it, it's hard to, like, um, uh, convey emotion when you have, like, all this motion capture shit on your face, uh, unless you're Andy Serkis, for Pete's sake. Um, and I don't know, I, for some reason, I think that that very obviously sad face is like unintentionally funny, but, like, the last, the last shot is of him smiling like he has no regrets. Um, so that was like, wait, this what? is, I this is my okay, burden. Never mind. Um, yeah. Um, so I think when we're talking about sacrifice, I think there, there were two interesting examples that we haven't mentioned that kind of bookended the movie. The first was, um, and I guess one in the middle as well. So I'll talk about three different moments. Um, the first being, um, Thanos is like, you know, give me the Tesseract or else I'm going to, like, burn your brother's face off to Loki. And Loki, like, it was almost like, yeah, go ahead, because he's Loki. Um, and then Loki tells him to stop, and he gives him the Tesseract to, to spare Thor's life. Um, in the middle, you have Gomorrah refusing oh, I'm, to I'm dis- just adding on to that real quick. Also, sure. yes. in the beginning, Willing, Heimdall, well- Heimdall also sacrifices himself so that Thor can be yeah. easier. Sure. Uh, Hulk. Um, or well, Bruce, you, it, it, well, that was an example. The Loki example was him not willing to sacrifice another life um, and giving a stone. Um, because Gamora does the same thing. Like, she, she refuses to... She initially refuses to disclose where the Soul Stone is until she finds that Nebula is being tortured. And then, like, she... In a... You know, in the heat of the moment, she blares out the location and, like... That screws everyone over because he she helps him get another stone. And then the third example is, of course, Doctor Strange telling Thanos to spare Tony Stark's life, and he straight up gives him the time stone. Um, so 
So there are people who did, who were willing to make sacrifices. There are people who are not willing to make sacrifices. So there, the two moments where people were willing to, there was Peter Quill willing to shoot Gamora, and there was Wanda um, willing to sacrifice Vision. And in both of those moments, um, Thanos like has like shows respect towards them. Like he straight up says to Peter Quill, like I respect you. And with Wanda, he, like, creepily, like, pets her. <laughs> like, my child, like, I understand. Like, mm. um, so I don't know if I liked this, um, because I feel like when you put all those together into a final argument, it's like Thanos won because he was willing to sacrifice other people's lives for his own goals and because the Avengers okay, didn't, yep, they lost. Yep, yep. Now, now we go and get <laughs> Wait, 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 hold, hold on, hold on. Chris, can you repeat <laughs> okay. that? Because I just didn't, I just didn't. I said Thanos won because he was willing to sacrifice other people's lives. The Avengers lost because they were not. Especially in those three key moments where they gave three stones away so Thanos wouldn't kill someone. What the fuck? May I, that's uh, good. May I, may I unleash first? Yeah, go, go, Sam, go. <laughs> but that's so cynical and so like, oh All right. shit, man. So here is some shit. Here is some shit. Okay, so, so, so. <laughs> We we've seen dark movies from the movies before, obviously. Obviously, sure. they have done like they have done. Some you dark need to pre very dark. <laughs> those ones hold up. No. They they those ones yes those ones hold up because they have an emotional through line. They end with hope and they they the morals yeah are good yes and so we feel good. wow my catch is banged on the door. Um, <laughs> we we feel good about them even though the overall mood like the mood is dark. Yeah, you can pull that off. The reason I have such a huge issue with Thanos is because he gets so much screen time. He's framed in a way that he's supposed to be sympathetic and like, like he's making like the hard. He cries choice. when, <laughs> in like in fact, what he actually is is a genocidal psychopathic maniac who couldn't even mm-hmm. conceive of a world where he like imposed some structural change to the way that d- various civilizations handle ecology. I mean, there's the whole so so he's basically this force of like destruction and like toxic masculinity where he can't even conceive of a world where he uses this infinite power to either create more resources or create societal change that would negate even the need for like new resources and also on top of that this is a separate thing this isn't a thanos thing this is a world building thing are you really expecting me to believe that every civilization in the entire universe is unsustainably consuming resources are you really telling me that capitalism has spread to every (laughs) there's not a single there's not a single civilization that's like yeah we figured out we were doing some bad shit so we just like stopped doing it like i I don't know like uh, the fact that thanos is framed in this way of like then i can finally rest after i've killed half of all people no dude you didn't actually change anything so you're gonna have to redo <laughs> this every couple of thousand years or less i'm done guys see you later the, like i'm i'm good peace out fixed it well, totally nailed it good luck when guys fa- his his backstory is like i proposed a hard solution that people weren't ready for when if you think about how that would have actually played out in the moment what Thanos actually did was come up to a bunch of people who were like, we're on the verge of societal collapse. And he was like, hey, let's just kill everyone. And they were like, uh, 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 no. And he was like, you aren't ready for the truth. And he like, also, why is he the only one left? Did he kill everyone else in his civilization? This is a whole other. No, I, I think he, I think he, I, from the but comics, I like, think he left his planet and then the planet destroyed. 
like the planet just like crumbled into madness and he just watched he just watched it so no one else i don't know until the novel coming out in october the book book that actually is going to be coming out here's the thing here's the thing i feel like thanos's backstory needs a backstory like i understand it needs a justification because it doesn't make sense the way it is right now and that's why i understand this is this is trickle down from the whole establishing things, not like not mm-hmm. establishing things fully issue I have. Like I understand, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I I understand the concrete reasons for his goal. Like he had the whole scene where he literally explains it to Stephen Strange. The thing that I needed was why was he? Why was that the solution he came to in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah, and why has no one fucking challenged it? The yeah. Only, so what happened in his life that made him willing to? Go that length, basically. Yeah. Also, okay, so the whole, the way that the narrative <laughs> and the other characters address him, the way he gets his comeuppance mm-hmm. is he doesn't. Um, no one, no one, no one really challenges him beyond saying like, but you can't kill people to, to do this thing. Uh, that's the only problem I have with it. Everything else about it seems good. I, I, it makes sense. I just don't like that you're killing people. Like no one, no one sits him down and is like, Thanos, buddy, <laughs> buddy, come, hey, hey, can we talk? You ever think hey, about this for a second? You? Just uh, take a second. Like, and also, there's this interesting buildup in the Guardians movies, especially of Thanos being like this super abusive megalomaniac. And mm-hmm. I understand the decision to you know humanize him more, but they completely drop this through line of Gamora and Nebula. Uh, Nebula finally like realizing like, wow, we had a super abusive childhood, and like. Th- this guy fucking sucks. They they drop that, and instead they're like, I-, "I look, I get that every relationship is in shades of gray. Don't that was unintentional. I I, I get that nothing is you know, black and white, and you know there's sides to every story. But like, the fact that he is presented in this movie as being like the best dad he could be and like he was just you know he was just you know misunderstood and he you know he had some wrong ideas but he he had the right you know basic idea the the reality is he pitted these kids against each other and then when one of them lost he replaced all her body parts so, with so machines. this is one of the things i was thinking about because we, you mentioned this last friday when you called us and you're right but I think that the f- way that the movie frames it is that Thanos is a sh- like Thanos is it, the reason why it's like it looks like Thanos is the good guy or like is the best that he could be is because the movie was Thanos centric. So you're looking at the movie in the idea that this is what Thanos thinks, but that's not necessarily mm-hmm. who he actually is. Like if someone like. So like so, like when we have we have like movies written by people who are terrible men, we have the, the we have the male character in those movies be the hero and like the man who could do no wrong. But like everyone who has understanding of who this person is understands how terrible they actually are. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I just um hate that this movie is an example of that. Gotcha. I think it is I think it is irresponsible to give it... I mean, so this ties into the whole... Okay, I'm going <laughs> to step lightly here. Sure. There are a lot of fan communities and communities in general of entitled mm-hmm. males yes. 
who believe that killing people is good and logical and the best solution to various things that they perceive as problems. Um, and the fact that this movie is in line with that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and the fact that Thanos is presented as the hero, while it gives the movie more cohesion, also makes me very uncomfortable. I don't think I, because it it seems irresponsible. I don't think it. Not the not protagonist. the hero necessarily, but the main yeah. character, the protagonist. The also the issue with that structurally is he does not change. He is never challenged. He is never taken out of like there is no dark night of the soul. There is no there is no um, rise to the occasion. It's mm-hmm. just Thanos plowing forward, not changing, getting his Maybe way. Maybe he pouts and cries well, like, in the with, middle. With, with, I was going to say the Gamora thing, point, yeah. but like, I, I don't know if... Yeah, so the most that comes out of that is that uh, Nebula's like, yeah, he was sad after he came back. Like, he, do- he doesn't do anything. He doesn't change anything. He doesn't even really hesitate to kill her. He, he He's just this... So... He was so Thanos was so close to being like a Disney villain whose like motivations and like everything else is like cartoonish and we know that it's not okay and it's presented as not okay because you know he's this incredible like super villain um but in this movie because they took a more like he's just a guy doing what he thinks is right angle it it really rubbed me the wrong way I I was hoping for like a bombastic like like screw screw y'all i'm right Blah, like kind of attitude and instead i i i was just do very th- uh, so this is I, I so like um do you think that if he did do the bombastic kind of like i'm right you guys are you guys do not understand my pain and then and then <laughs> just like reality stoned <laughs> bubbles everywhere um <laughs> uh do you think that do you think it would have been better in your in your perspective honestly i so the whole movie would have had to change to accommodate that i honestly i honestly don't know mm-hmm. because like i mean i may never know gotcha. um, we may never know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um also oh side note about the bubbles thing that was kind of the fun through line from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where the like the abusive dad uses bubbles to defuse a tense situation. Whoa! Um, I did not get that was very out. good. That was very good. <laughs> I, I only, like that. I only I only put it together as a I I I don't know if it was intentional. Well, I mean, James Gunn <laughs> remember did write part of it. So, and James this I trust I James Gunn. That's I forgot true, yeah. I forgot that yeah. he might have made that. I trust James yeah. Gunn to be smart enough to make that. Because he made he okay. did bubbles with only Gamora and with Peter. So. Well, yeah, those are the only scenes he had any influence. <laughs> on. Um, uh, but but yeah, I, so, um, yeah. But, the um, second. Oh, go, as sorry. as for the movie being better, just I I don't know I I don't know I, I I don't know I don't know if it would have been a better movie, but it wouldn't have. Gotcha. Me the wrong way. Do you think it's possible for Avengers four to kind of? 
correct it in. Yes. To, I mean, to, like to correct it thematically, like maybe like maybe what if what if the what if the moral of Avengers Four is that killing is not right? <laughs> like, I mean, if you I'll, abuse, I think yeah. the moral is that anyway. I think we all hopefully know that. Hopefully, um, I I I really do think and hope that Avengers Four will lay the smackdown on Thanos mm-hmm. because there's nowhere else to go yeah. for him. I yep. just yeah. I just it's it's an issue honestly to do with this movie being so long and yet so incomplete is that it is framed as a complete movie but it is it isn't i'm not i'm not phrasing this perfectly well but the fact that this movie needs a second movie to make it work Mm. is i don't i don't like that it doesn't it's not great for me i think it's complete in the sense of this movie is about him assembling the infinity stones and doing the thing at the end I don't know if I can definitely say it was incomplete without knowing what the hell this next movie yeah. is. And that but that's And I think that the way that I've seen people's reaction to the end will be like the general ending like aspect of like like what happens and then people's reaction to that. They want to see Avengers 4 beat the Smackdown. Like it's got to be. It's it's it has to be. Um, I think there's I, something I, up. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I think there's something up. Go ahead. Well, so the first two-part movie that really, like, like, made big, sort of, was Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows, part one and two. And in the Deathly Hallows, they had, like, a more, like, sort of somber setup, like, a bunch of characters died. Like, you ended with Dobby dying, and then Voldemort getting the Elder One, and then you're left, like, no, like, why? But, like, you had the book, obviously, so you know it ended. But there was still a lot of, like, somber setup, a lot of, like, sort of distrust, like, argument... And it was pretty somber and not as well received as the second part, which was more like bomb. It was more like, you know, sort of, I guess motivational, like high spirited. Like it, wa- it, you had that like smackdown between Harry Potter and Voldemort that better. you wanted. <laughs> you like part one better. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like interesting. That's interesting to hear. But um, like part two felt like the culmination. That felt like the culmination of everything. Right. Like, in this sense, like, they're marketing Avengers Infinity War as a culmination to everything. So, when you get to part four, like, part, Avengers 4, like, how are you going to change well, that? Like, how are you going to well, that Well, do you think that they consider, they put both of these movies into the culmination? I think... The thing is that they kept they marketing this as the end. The they kept using the, the phrase the end in the uh, TV spot. So, it's like, what is Avengers 4 going to be? The ends part two? Or well, the, we'll, we'll just have the to end see. Of like, the end? So... Yeah, I think they're going to capitalize off of, like, the cliff, the cliffhanger of, like, Infinity War mm-hmm. and just be, like, you know, like, it's all been, like, coming to this or something like that. Some other way to say the end. So, so I wanted to go back to kind of to, to Thanos' story a little bit uh, for just one second. Um, Sam, do you know sure. the comic book version of Thanos or, like, his <laughs> motivation in the Infinity oh, Gauntlet? Okay, so a friend... A friend brought this up to me actually yesterday on Twitter, and we had a little bit of a comment. Because like, um, do you guys know Bueno? Yes, I know. Yes, uh, I'm, actually, I'm gonna find yeah, this comment I mean, so I can read it. I'm not gonna read it out. I'm just gonna read it myself. It's oh, on my private I, I won't find Good that. Good luck. I won't find <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so and- Andrew Bueno is a friend of mine um, friend from of... college. I think he was before. No, he was uh, my freshman year at CMU. My um, freshman year, he was a senior. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, that makes sense. He um. I like him. He's cool. Uh, we we did comedy together, and he actually also works in games now. Um, mm-hmm. He does uh, art and um, engineering, uh, 
like computer programming um, and that sort of thing, and uh, has good opinions about things. And he, <laughs> so he pointed out to me, um, or not pointed out, he told me that in the comics, Thanos is using this Infinity Gauntlet to wipe out a bunch of people so that he can woo yep. death. Yep, Lady uh, he death. just wants to swoo that, over a yeah. the female personification, uh, the the personification of death, which is a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that um, that's it. And uh, yeah, he, so my friend Bueno, my good my good pal. Bueno, oh, sorry, sorry. Before we, uh, he's also um, incredibly egotistical in the comics. Oh, like. Oh, no, yeah. Well, yeah, but he's like he made us. Um, he made us. I mean, he I makes a statue. I thought you were talking about Bueno, not Thanos. No, yeah, Thanos. <laughs> Thanos makes like a statue of himself, and he has like he 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 with the with the gauntlet. He builds like a giant like Hollywood sign type of thing that just says God, <laughs> and like it's the most comical thing ever. <laughs> Sorry, but in this movie he frowns a lot. In this um, movie, it's gritty because he's <laughs> sad about it, probably. <laughs> We we're told. Sorry, Sam. Talk. Uh, go back to it. Uh, no. Uh, okay. So so the reason Bueno brought this up to me is because I was going on a little bit of a Twitter rant about toxic mm-hmm. masculinity and how it's embodied in Thanos and all this stuff. Um, and he was like, "Well, in the comics, you know, he's outright wooing a lady by killing people, <laughs> and so he sees her as his reward for killing people. Like, mm. how about that?" And I was like, mm, "That's pretty good." That's a pre- that's a that is a much more overt alternative. I I do think the whole genocide thing should be more of an overt um bad thing and like mm-hmm. parody sort of outrageous thing, but like the way it's framed it doesn't really it's framed as like the hard choice. Um But yeah, I I I I it's like in um Have you guys seen Megamind? Yes, yes. you know I haven't, yes. but for some reason it Very keeps good academic reference in my here. recommended videos of like everything good <laughs> yeah, in Mega Mind, and I'm why. just like, hmm, does this have a <laughs> through like line it. with anything yeah. I've been watching lately? You would, you would really like okay, it. Okay, I'm intrigued. You would right. really like it. It's um, it's like it's basically so like Monsters vs. Aliens was like DreamWorks sort of lampooning the uh, sci-fi genre. Uh, and superhero genre. Aliens versus extent, then, Predator. Uh, they doubled down on the superhero. Th- oh my god. <laughs> yep. No, um, not at all. <laughs> no. Uh, oh boy. Um, but so Megamind is like this sort of examination and parody and breakdown of like superhero stuff and what it means to be a villain, what it means to be a superhero, and like where the balance is and all this stuff. But it's like a comedy. It's an animated comedy featuring Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's yep. Um, one of the standout scenes is this confrontation between Megamind and this other guy and um, without going into spoilers um, he says do you know what the difference between you know like uh, you and a uh, supervillain is you're, you're, you're what is it he says you're super you're just not a supervillain uh, or no you're god what is it I okay, don't remember the point is he says the <laughs> What makes a villain super? Presentation. And I, um, the presentation aspect, I feel, is what was um, missing here. The, the more humanistic, the more like, ah, oh, he's, he's just a dad approach to him than <gasps> like really uh, cut that, Dis- disappointing that dads. down for me. Disappointing dads. Yeah. Like this. That's what like this was a disappointing dad. Fa- no, mom. Phase three Only is all about disappointing dads. mentors and disappointing dads. 
I got T'Chaka, yeah. you got Ego, yeah. you, got, you got Iron Man, yeah. Tony Stark as Peter Parker's dad, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Tony Stark's dad. And Tony Stark's dad in Civil War. And then you have the ancient one. It's just, it's just bad dads all the way down. Phase three is bad dads. It's all bad dads. The dadification of the MCU. Guys, guys, let's be honest. Every media right now, games, TV, movies, it's all about bad dads. Oh my God, God of War. God of War. I can't hear you. I'm too pl- busy God. playing God of War oh, in the oh, background. Anthony, any video game starring a white man oh, got a bad Fuck. dad, and that's most video games. Oh my God! Fuck. Anthony, come on. Uh, I mean, is this, actually, well, is this I just, just a random game and I for saw you, Bloodborne Anthony, on like... my on my table, and I'm like, holy shit, Bloodborne is also about bad dads. <laughs> Have you not heard Patrick Klepek of Waypoint keep saying the term datification over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how is Nintendo uh, Labo uh, about bad dads? <gasps> because, oh, I just got it. It's because your dad's not building. Oh God. Because where dad? are they? Where are they, Anthony? <laughs> they left you alone with these toys that you don't know how to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god oh anyway. yeah and man the wasp coming out soon with hank pym being a shitty dad to hope probably yep. continuing and to probably be a shitty dad yeah. And then, dad yeah pretty much and like how oh and how um scott can't be a better role model to um cassie again mm, yeah yeah it's all about the dads and infinity war was the daddiest of the MCU movies, if that is a phrase I'm allowed to use. Yeah. I, I guess not. I mean, not so. the I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, sort of, but, like, then you bring in Guardians 2, where Yondu literally said, he he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. He ain't How can you compete your with daddy. That? We've reclaimed the literally, word daddy. Literally... Guardians 2 was my two dads. It was literally, I mean, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and anyway, it's, it's all about it's all the bad, about dads. bad dads. And it's bad dads all the way down. Did it make, oh, sorry, uh, did it make sense that Gomorrah cried when she thought she killed Thanos? Honestly, I, I was kind of on board for that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it, I don't think anything in this movie got the breathing room it needed to really land, but, um,. I, it makes sense. A lot of like abusive relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's oh, complicated. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, like nothing's yeah. ever black and white. And he was like her parent basically for a long time, and all she knew, and et cetera, et cetera. And also, they might have been tears of relief, or you know, there, there's probably a lot of right. emotions involved with killing your dad, um, who made you kill people. Anyway, yeah, yeah. totally fair. Totally yeah. fair. I'll add on to like what Sam was saying. How like the miss like it was missing like sort of the presentation, like. This movie was definitely fun. Like I had a great time, but definitely like it could have been, it definitely could have been more fun. Like they doubled down like the seriousness. I think, in this movie, mm-hmm. yeah. Just to add to your point, Sam. No, yeah. What totally. are what are? Uh, yeah, it's. I just there there was no bombast when he showed up. He just like showed up and started you know hitting people, and I was like, cool, like, yeah. great. I I like wish there was something fun that was happening ever in this movie i, I mean i, I disagree with that point and i disagree with that point because i thought there was a lot of really fun scenes but that's me okay yeah i, I went a little far there the there, scene where they yeah, were all were, holding him and they scenes. all used just... their different move sets to try to hold him down which was cool that was so fun um yeah yeah mm-hmm. there was like i will I... say that was okay i will say um 
that was a really cool sequence, but I was like, man, they're really in sync from knowing each other for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, which was, yeah, that was cool. Because, mm-hmm. like, when you when you open Age of Ultron with, like, all these cool team moves, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, they've been a team for, like, at least a year now. Um, and, like, you get, you get to Winter Soldier. Like, he has been... He's a fighter now from, like, yeah. two years of training. And... This movie takes place four years after Guardians Volume 2, and I saw no progression <laughs> from any of these characters, really, yep. except that Gamora and Peter Quill are more overtly a romantic couple now. Um, yeah, which was super... So, okay. Can I <laughs> go on oh, okay. All right. All right. A, remember, it's a criticism of... I'm hitting I'm a, gun so a spot he, here. I think he wanted... Like, he was planning that. So, that's fine. Unspoken I, things. I'm not... I'm not like I, my criticisms. I'm I'm trying hard not to like aim them at any one person because I know that all of these decisions were done by committee, mm-hmm. um, and maybe by studio execs and maybe by blah whatever. It's I just I'm just trying to like focus in on the things rather than the people behind them because mm, I, sure. I can't speak to that. Um, so the whole Peter Gamora thing, um. And by extension, the Peter thing and the Gamora thing. Okay, um, yes. Gamora's whole thing in this movie made sense to me because if, what did you say, four years? If four years have passed. Four years, yes. If four years have passed and Gamora is on the same trajectory that she was on at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it makes sense that she would be more emotionally vulnerable because she's, you know, she's learned things. She started reforging a relationship with her sister, even though she probably hasn't seen her in all that time, which is kind of sad. You know, she's, we see her like singing and kind of like bopping her head or not singing, but like lip syncing at the, in the introduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie, which makes sense she was starting to open up and be more you know fun and vulnerable and whatever mm-hmm. um my issue is more with peter in this movie which is a lot of people because the setup at i mean for okay so so obviously he did that stupid sad punch which he shouldn't have okay so anyway the, <laughs> the root of the problem here for me is that his character has not advanced since the end of Volume 2. It's been four years, mm-hmm. and he is still incredibly immature, incredibly self-centered, incredibly insecure, incredibly, I mean, short-sighted and emotionally volatile, which the whole thing with Peter and Gamora at the end of Volume 2, they're not together because neither of them is ready to be yep. a couple yet. They're not, yep. like, Gamora's not emotionally vulnerable, Peter's not emotionally stable. And you would think that now that they are in a couple, they would have fixed those problems. But it seems like only Gamora has changed, and Peter is still exactly the same mm. person he was in Volume 2, if not even more irresponsible. I think he's more, I think he actually, so, like, I didn't, when I was watching all my Marvel movies, I didn't watch Guardians 2. But from what I remembered from seeing it when I saw it like three times, uh, it didn't – it felt like Peter got worse. Like he got more egotistical. He got more ridiculous and he got more selfish. Well, he he was he was more of all of those things in that movie because the theme of that movie was smacking those things down and learning to overcome them. But he never did. Like it felt like – in volume two, uh, no, no, he kind of no, did though. No, I'm saying at the end, end he, he did, but it felt like the ending of Guardians two never happened. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah. I agree that yeah. that is the issue. It it feels like he didn't learn anything and he didn't grow at all, even though it's been four years and he's in a relationship now and has been helping co-parent a kid. He hasn't <laughs> yeah. grown at all and yeah. still punches people when he feels things. Yeah, so impulsive. Um, yeah, still still impulsive and immature and super insecure yeah. and still thinks Footloose is the honest. greatest yeah, movie of all time. Honestly, yeah. that was yeah. fine. That was a funny yeah. little moment. I liked that Peter Parker was like, yeah. it never was. I, I, I didn't I, I didn't yeah. like Peter's, like, egotism during the fight sequence. <laughs> and during, like, like the lead-up was just uh, Quill. Which Peter? Like, flipping, no, no, flipping that, Thanos that, that off. That makes sense. Like, I like uh... the flipping, uh, flipping off. I like <laughs> that, like, I have a better plan thing. But I didn't like how he wanted to show off, like, too much. Like, some of the show offiness to, to like Tony mm-hmm. and, uh, and Spider Man felt off to me. That and also the fact that like no one listened to him ever in this movie. Like he was framed as this sort of stupid buffoon yeah. who ha- didn't have anyone's respect. Like the whole thing where he was leading them to, you know, like the on nowhere. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, let's do this, and everyone just They'd straight keep on up walking. ignored him, yeah. and then he pouted about it. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole movie was just him being. I'm the captain of like, the ship. Immature and useless, I'm the captain and then the worse than what, useless. What, you're not the captain. Anyway, I I want Rocket to meet an actual raccoon look, guy. Look, this, that I, was what I, I was I really wanted, excited about. I want about. a dialogue about yeah. the fact that like, why is there a talking raccoon? Uh oh, so this is what. Oh, you know that Tony Stark. Once he gets what? back, he's going to be like, "Why is there a talking fuck? raccoon?" <laughs> oh, this is what Earth is like. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I've never <laughs> been on Earth before. Uh, there's no reaction from Groot or Rocket about the fact that they're on a planet with a, like, they're just like, okay, I'm going to shoot a bunch of things. They just jumped way, they just jumped right well, into it. They just followed their, uh, but like, dude, like into the battlefield. But since Rocket, since Rocket is like the shit. only guardian, yeah. and is the, the okay actual really odd one out out of the people still left, I hope that they go a lot more into either more jokes or more ridiculous things that, like, Rocket will yeah. uncover about being on and I think that will be. I really oh, hope. It, it, I really it makes hope. Sense. Like, be a broken oh, in be, the next he'll movie. He'll be fucking. Like, he's. He'll be. Yeah. He'll, it will be sad. He'll be a sad boy. Did you see that? He'll be a he was, shattered he sitting, husk because he, he lost Groot again, and he's gonna. Find he doesn't out even that he lost know all about other everyone else. Tony, Tony's gonna come back. Know. Yeah, Tony Stark's gonna get back and be like, uh, ooh, ooh, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think. So I think there will be much more Thor Rocket bonding, which will be great. Um. Uh. And I think that because mm-hmm. uh, like the only person that that Rocket knows other than Thor is Nebula, and I mean I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna have any really interaction. But seeing seeing uh Rocket just like sitting on the stump, kind of just like looking down, all sad, was just like, fuck. That's I, I I'm I'm, ex- I'm so excited. Yeah, Rocket's I'm excited to see Rocket a little bit so, more. Oh, yeah, ready. he is. Rocket is definitely James Gunn's like pet character because he sees himself. Oh, he sees himself in Rocket. Um, I keep remembering he that like Rocket, one, yeah, well, like Rocket was like the final shot of Volume Two, just like yeah. his his face. Oh yeah, yeah, Rocket, uh, crying. Rocket crying. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yep, I was powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh god. <sighs> okay, sorry. I need to go tend to my cat. She's screaming. Okay. Uh, I kind of want to because I have to uh, go in the shit. next half hour, I mean, but uh, yeah, I wanted I to also, basically two hours. Like, I think that I think that Thor. Yeah. I think Good actually discussion. Thor. After this, Thor might actually just join up with the Guardians. 
Strongest uh, Avenger. I, yeah, feel like, like I feel like that's a thing that's, like, a through that. line now that, like, Thor's just gonna hang out with the Guardians in, like, Guardians 3. and Rabbit. Tree. Yeah. Um, so... I, I don't, don't yeah. think so. I think they're gonna reverse not only the snap, oh. but the stuff. But, like, the, the Russos snap. did say that there are permanent Ooh. depth. Hmm. But they also lied a lot about stuff oh, in yeah, the yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's to, that to make people care. They, they, they could either be saying that as a lie to make people care, or they may be talking about the next part, where Tony Stark is or, definitely oh, actually, going to die. Tony's, I think Cap's mm. going to die. Oh, Cap's definitely dying. Part Cap's, of me thinks that Tony, Tony's... Cap and, Cap and Tony might make the I, final I think, stand so together. Like, the thing is that I think mm. the final scene is going to be like... Well, not the final scene, but like they're gonna the, what's going to happen is that they're going to get the gauntlet back, and the person who has to wield the gauntlet has to sacrifice someone that they love to the Soul Stone, because that's the only way that they can hold, like, wield the Soul Stone is that someone will have to sacrifice someone, and either that's Cap and Tony, something with Cap and Tony, and then then <sighs> that person will be sacrificed, and then they'll snap. That's why I think that Cap will be sacrificed mm-hmm. to the sto- Soul Stone. Because Tony still cares about him. But they're not... But I know. he's not the most important thing, though. It's I supposed know. to be, like, I... the most important thing to you. I think probably. they're going to come up with some other solution, and it's probably yeah. going to involve Captain Marvel. So here, I, here's my... Here's my end, uh, the, one of the endings... Sorry. The okay. end, one of the end sequences <laughs> of Avengers 4 ever uh, will be uh, the wedding. Will actually be the wedding. Uh, Iron Man's wedding. And then... Pepper Potts. Actually, they're... Then, then it's gonna be Cap and Tony on like a beach somewhere, and then they're they're completely done. They're not gonna do anything. It's going to no. It's gonna be the end no, of Fury. Gonna it's gonna be the end of Furious Seven, where like they're gonna be the the two cars driving <laughs> off, and, like one of them drives into the sunset. Like Tony's in one car, and then like Spider Man, Black Panther, Stephen Strange, and like Bucky are all like crammed into the driver's seat of the other car, and they're all looking at each other. Can you move your seat up? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask this to end this off. Do you think? If we're, since we're already talking about Avengers 4, do you think it'll have the same structure, the same vignette structure? Or do you think, since they've whittled down the cast, do you think it'll be like a more streamlined, like, okay, these people are all together now. We're not going to be cutting between the storylines anymore. Do you think it'll be... Yeah, I they, think they, they, yeah, I think it's going to be streamlined. I think that's why. I think, they I think they'll have... I think they'll have yeah. Like, yeah, I think so they're going to focus like, on... Like, they're going to have a couple people doing one main thing, but they're not going to... And, like, other people doing another thing, but it's not going to be, like, yeah. halfway across the universe. They're all going to be, like, in the same... Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that in that regard, because, like, they, mm-hmm. they kind of... They kind of characterize it as an adventure movie, which mm-hmm. I'm interested by. Um, so if, like, if they're know, all they like in a car with, together, like, characters have like, to come not up a car, but like in a plane together, <laughs> I think that would be kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, road, road trip. trip. Uh, I think that would actually be kind of cool. It's a road trip movie, actually. Avengers yeah. Four is a road trip movie. We're <laughs> gonna be in an RV. Avengers, and, uh, dude, where's my car? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Avengers Runaway Vacation. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's let's start to wrap up here because I think I hear my dad calling for me. Um, Speaking of We're dads, calling this episode, um, uh, it's all about so, <laughs> Nice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can find me on social media at Compenderizer. You can follow Marvel News Desk at Marvel News Desk. Uh, we have a Patreon set up. Uh, Sam, where can people follow you, and is there anything you want to plug? 
Oh, gosh. Um, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at just Sam, please. All one word. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you can check out. I did some writing on uh, the game Tunnels and Trolls Adventures, which is now out. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm currently working on other stuff that hasn't been announced yet. So mm-hmm. I can't plug it. Um, but uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Just Sam, please. That's it. Okay. Um, Izzy, where can people find you, um, you can find and me- your work? You can find me on Twitter at um, Delirlyn, D-E-L-I-R-I-L-Y-N. I just got my Twitter back, so that's why I'm spotty <laughs> on it. Um, I'm also a contributor on Marvel News, our Marvel News Desk, um, so stay tuned for potentially more writing um, sometime soon, and yeah. And the Tartan.org, correct? <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, we published yeah. our last semester, so we're not going to be publishing anything, but like in the fall, sure. more content. Oh, Yes. And yes. finally, Anthony, the infamous, yeah. loud, uh, sending shit posts to three I, different groups. I did send a ship. Uh, I sent a shit post to four Anthony. separate group chats. Uh, you didn't get one of them. Oh, because okay. you're I'm not, not even in the fourth, fourth one. one. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, you're I roasting four, yourself. I four shit posts <laughs> to four separate group chats. Um, they're really um, helping me out here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can find me at the Pizza Taco on Twitter. Um, yeah, I post memes i uh i talk about political stuff um i just talk about random things at times i'll talk about marvel stuff so i'm joining the fun so like anyone else on twitter basically (laughs) um yeah a lot of infinity war memes circulating the web a lot of good ones a lot of very good ones i i have to say and a lot of and a lot of even better ones there's some funny ones out there very good very good uh okay who wants to sign us off because i don't know how to sign us off there will be someone say something cool uh i'll I'll say something yeah I'll, I'll, i'll say something uh stay safe out there and don't don't let sad things and gritty media and the downward tone of not only the world but certain movies and whatever just don't let it get you down and remember that like infinity war 2 um, things will hopefully work out. Uh, and yeah. just hang in there. Oh, that's nice. So, like basically, yeah. don't worry and don't kill half the population. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.